Welcome to the Offshore Club's most riveting and revealing offshore lifestyle podcast, Open Mic with Mike Cobb. For more than 20 years, Mike has worked and lived in Caribbean countries from north to south and the Atlantic to the Pacific. Nobody knows it better. And now, here is your offshore ambassador at large, Mike Cobb. Hello and welcome to Open Mic with uh, the world's leading offshore investment entrepreneur, Mike Cobb. And I'm your fortunate enough to be your host, Carter Clues, the host also of Coffee with Excuse me, Mike, I got to get a plug in for myself. Yeah, get Coffee it in there. Come on. <laughs> every, every, every Monday at noon on offshore.club. And at offshore.club is also where you can find open mic. And this is this is the number one investment podcast on the air. Okay. And now you're going to see why, because see what we're going to launch into. We ready to roll, Mike? Yeah, you, you were just in Florida this week, weren't you? I was in Florida. I've been down there for several days with several of the uh, of the country's leading uh, investment advisors. I mean, these guys these guys are really top flight, really top flight. Um, some of them from Money Map Press, just outstanding, outstanding people. And and you know, we're discussing a lot of things, but also the stock market and uh, where it's where, where the smart money is going now. One of them, by the way, had recommended that I read this book, which I'm going to recommend to everybody right now. It's old. But it still is the best. One up on Wall Street with uh, Peter Lynch. It's just yeah. outstanding. And it, what made me think of all this in, ter- in, in relation to you, Mike, is uh, one of the things Peter Lynch says early in the book is don't invest in the market. Don't invest in the market. Invest in companies. OK, yep. so exactly. And you said something very similar on last week's show. You know, when you were giving the 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 what to look for and what to look out for in an mm-hmm. offshore investment. And I want to build on that a little because okay. I, I, I have a feeling I'm telling folks, you know, be a little careful. Yeah, the stock market is booming. But don't forget, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, you've been everything you heard was invest in SPACs. Oh, my God. SPACs are the greatest investment in the world. Mike is laughing. And and now, you know, when I was down there with these top investment advisors, one of them started laughing and said, oh, remember, I'm the guy who told you don't do that. OK. So you got to be careful, folks. But I think, I believe, and it's the direction I'm going in, the smart investments are are offshore, are offshore. Mike, you're the guy who does it. Yeah. What's well, let story? me, yeah, let, let me just say that, you know, I, I like Peter Lynch and, and long before algorithms took over, you know, the, the, the stock market, right? You had people like Lynch and others who understood, you know, the big concepts of investing and, and, yeah, you look at you look at Lynch. You look at other major successful investment uh, leaders over the years, and uh, you know Stan Druckenmiller from Duquesne Capital is another one, right? Yeah. I mean, the idea of investing in in businesses, right? And businesses are people. Their ideas, their business plans, so those are important things, right? But but at the end of the day, it's a people. It's people. It's a team. That's what that's what you invest in for the long term. And, and these algorithms and stuff, you know, these are all short term up and down, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, and, but but at the end of the day, if you invest in good businesses, great businesses, right? Great businesses uh, that serve a consumer need and yeah. serve it well, you will have a very good investment. Uh, my father-in-law did that. I mean, he invested in in companies that served 
uh, a need in the consumer marketplace. And I think your point about SPACs is right on. And, you know, and, and, and one of the things that we've seen, we, we do a lot of work uh, in the crypto community because we are one of the few, we were the first and one of the still few development companies that accept crypto as a form of payment for properties or our residency programs or, or even ownership in our company. People can actually own shares of our company and we will take Bitcoin and, and a few other cryptos as payment, right? Well, uh, uh, the, the crypto market just crashed uh, like 30, 40% last week. And so the people, you know, that, that had taken some of their money off the table. And I think this is, I think this is the key. You, you mentioned that, you know, that, that a great methodology of investing is to go offshore. I, I, my personal opinion is the best investors are broadly diversified. Right. They're diversified. Right? They have something offshore. Maybe they have some in crypto. I don't know if you're into crypto or not. A little bit in crypto, some in metals. Right. And maybe, you know, some in real estate uh, that you physically own, not 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 REITs or anything like that. But then some in the bond market, some in the stock market. And if you're diversified, you can catch the upsides of when those happen in any of those sectors. And when one of those sectors or a couple of those sectors are down, you know, typically other things kind of pick up. Like if the stock market's down, maybe gold is up or silver or something, right? Or, you know, maybe you have a, a basket of currencies. That's the other thing, right? So uh, we've seen the strengthening of the US dollar under the Trump administration. You know, we had an incredible strengthening of the US dollar. Uh, and now we've seen it start to go back the other way. I, I keep track of the Canadian dollar. I have some Canadian investments and, and I keep track of the Canadian dollar. And, and it was, you know, it was as low as 74 cents and now it's 83 cents today. Right. And same, I, I don't keep track of the euro as much in the pound. But they're trending that way, too. So the idea is if, if you're diversified, then you've got some then you've got some, you know, many baskets to put your eggs in. And and Carter, you and I are both on the same page with offshore. Most people don't get it. They ignore it. They don't understand it. They're afraid of it. I don't know what it is, but but physical assets offshore is a powerful diversification mechanism because right because right, they're not necessarily tied to the U.S. markets or or certainly to the U.S. stock market. If you own a condo in Belize that people come down and go on vacation and it rents out, guess what? Like even if the stock market's down, people are still taking a vacation. They're going to Belize and and your condo down there can rent out and 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 earn a nice income for you, right? And it's a hard asset, right? It's That's a physical hard asset. hard asset overseas. So you know, I'm a big fan of offshore, but but wouldn't bet the farm on it. You know, I wouldn't bet the farm on any one thing, right? Well, no one well, thing. Well, no, and, and I love what you're saying about diversification because folks keep in mind, in an average year, the stock market varies by 50% above or below what you bought for, okay? So you can't play it. Don't try to play it. You get in and you stay. It's just like when I was in sports handicapping. Don't jump in and out. Now, the thing I like about offshore, the thing I like about offshore is it is land and it's going to stay. Now, let's let's address yeah. right now. Right now, I know there are people out there saying, yeah, Carter, you keep saying that. But what happens if one of those banana republic dictators seizes the property? Hmm. Nobody owns more property, folks, than this guy right here. No, I, I, I would wager there's no one, who, no single person. Who owns more property in Central America than Mike Cobb, right? Mike, am I well, right? That 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 might be a little bit of hyperbole, but but <laughs> well, that's what I'm into. That's what I, do. I know. But we do we do own a lot of property today in four countries: Belize, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, and Panama. And 
and yeah. and we don't worry about confiscation at all. You know, the the, uh, the the reality is is if you know all of these countries really want and attract and protect. That's the key word here. Protect foreign investors. They want you to come down and own a home and they want you to come use your home or, or turn it into a you know turn it into an Airbnb or something, right? So it rents out and the tourists have a place to stay. Because whenever people come and stay, whether it's you living there, right? If look, let, let's just let's just cut to the real bottom line. A North American who lives in in Latin America, for example, is probably spending 10 times the amount of the average person at the grocery store, at the gas station, at the, you know, at, at, you know, at the hardware store, at the mall, buying clothes, whatever it is, going to the movies, going out to dinner. We have so much more disposable income than the average yeah. person in those countries. So even if you're a retiree expat, and you're living on $1,500 a month, which in the US wouldn't get you very far down there, $1,500 a month is, well, it's not 10 times, but it's five times the average wage, right? Right. And so, so they want us to come and be, you know, expats and retirees, and they want businesses like ours to come down. They don't want to take our property. Like they, they absolutely don't. The people who get in trouble, Carter, this is what we talked about last week. The people who get in trouble are cheating the system. They're, they're coming in and they're, it, it's the deal that's too good to be true, right? They don't do their due diligence. They don't hire a lawyer to check out the title. And all of a sudden they buy something from some guy they met at, at TGI Fridays who's friends with the president or the president's nephew or whatever the, the BS story is, you know, and, and, and right. And then they end up with a piece of property that, that, he didn't have the rights to sell because he didn't own it or whatever, right? And so like, if you do just what I would call normal due diligence, not even enhanced due diligence, just do the same due diligence you would do in the US and you can be very safe and secure overseas. It's when people try the shortcuts, you know, or they think it's all fine and dandy, Right. Oh, I can. I like this guy. He's the greatest thing that he took me to, you know, took me over to see the, you know, the assembly or whatever. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what? Hire or a lawyer about the title. Or the big danger, the big danger is in folks, a lot of you are going to follow us and go down there. So let me give you one of the big dangers is, and Mike's going to laugh when I say this, just because they speak English does mm -hmm. not mean they're trustworthy. Okay? <laughs> <Because> <laughs> and that is just, yeah. man, the, it, uh, that's one of the things I fell for the first time I went. When I'd run into one of them who spoke English, I thought, well, good. I can relate to him. He speaks my language. Well, right. But no, no, that's no. but okay. Back on the confiscation. Yeah. 25 years you've had property offshore. Have yep. you ever, have, have you ever seen the government just come in and confiscate Amer an American's property? Um, no, no, I haven't. And, no. and, and, and I've heard stories. I have heard stories. I know of people whose property has been confiscated, but I can tell you when that happens, it's because somebody bought a property that was not legally for sale. Well, it was it. right. It was cooperativa land, right? It was land that was given to you know twenty families, and and one of the one of the people right decides they're going to sell it. Well, the other nineteen have to sign off on it, and if they don't, it's not a legal transfer, right? So I would never touch cooperativa property in Panama. You have called what's rights of possession property. It's not titled. Right. Whoever lives there has the right to live there. It's the right of possession. These people try to sell it, but it's not title. Right. If you get in Latin America, what's called escritura publica, public title, registered title, really easy to check out. Pay a lawyer a couple thousand bucks. Done deal. Right. You know. Right. I have never 
in all 25. Actually, it's about 27 since I started. Uh, I bought my very first property in 1994. So what's that? Yeah, 26, seven years ago, right? Anyway, but but um, but the uh, uh, you know, if if somebody bought Escritura Publica in any of the civil law countries or fee simple title in Belize, for example, it's common law. Um, I have never seen anyone who did that lose their property. It's only when people, you know, try to you know go around the system or they're buying stuff that's not really legal for sale. So just stick with the good stuff. Stick with the straight stuff, right? By the way, the Consumer Resource Guide we talked about last week talks about this. So I hope folks will get a copy of it and, and just real simple stuff, real basic stuff. We and, just have to remember to do it. And they can get it at, at uh, info. ECI yep. development uh, at info.com. No. Uh, info no. at, that's right. Info at ECI development.com. Right. I got it exactly backwards. You did. Yes. yes I did. <laughs> info <laughs> at, at ECI Okay. So the land is safe. Now, how about the profit margin? Let me, let me preface it with this, if I may. Folks, your profit margin in the stock market is not that high. Even in good times, is not that high. Random walk is 9% but it rarely even hits 9%, okay? Remember, that's average for years after year. So it, 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 as, as one of the people I was with over the weekend said, it's not just it, where you invest, it's the way you invest, okay? Which means if you're in the stock market, you gotta keep a careful eye. It's gonna go up and down. And if you if it goes down and you're stuck with it, you're not gonna make a damn cent. Now, if it's going up, yeah, you may, you may realize a if you invest really but with a very sharp person, there are some some stocks that could bring you 20. They were citing one when I was down. I should have written it down. I could have shared it with her. I didn't write it down. It was the guy was saying, I'm looking at 30 percent over the next uh, a year or so, which is great. But that that's the rarity. Yeah. But remember, it's it, it is it's variable. It's variable. OK, right. so keeping your eye on it, you know, totally. You really have to do that. Whereas the offshore investment, one of the things I love about it, this is a this is land. This is land. It is there. It is going to go up. But by what percentage? I don't know. What, Mike? What What would you say? You know, it, it depends on the country, right? If you buy something in, in Nicaragua, which is probably one of the least popular countries of the region, you're going to see a lot of price appreciation because, you know, as the country becomes more popular, the price of real estate goes up, right? If you buy a piece of property in the Guanacaste Peninsula of Costa Rica, right, it's kind of at the pinnacle of, of, of popularity and price appreciation. Will it continue to go up? Sure, but not like it would in, say, Nicaragua. And if you said, well, I want something in the middle, I want, I want something that's going to give me some appreciation, but I want some cash flow because it's popular enough to cash flow, you know, a country like Belize or Panama uh, gives you that, right? They're, they're, they're great emerging tourism destinations. Uh, and, and so you can kind of pick what you're looking for by, you know, by picking the popularity of a country. And, and let me just be real upfront, Carter, because I, 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 it's not all peaches and cream. I mean, you know, the, the rose bushes, you know, the roses are beautiful, but there are thorns in there too, right? And we covered, you know, we covered a couple of those just because they speak English doesn't mean they're trustworthy. I mean, there are lots of thorns, right? But the other thing is, uh, you know, it doesn't always go up. If, if you owned a condo anywhere in, in, uh, in, in Latin America last year that was a rental property, uh, you, you didn't do very well because, you know, COVID shut down all the flights and and people weren't traveling and people weren't going on vacation. So, you know, it was it was definitely a down year from a cash flow perspective. However, the asset itself was still there. 
maybe it was flat. Maybe maybe even the value dropped a little bit because there was a set, you know, a, you know, a buyer's market, right? I don't know, right? But the point is, is that that it's not all peaches and cream, even when you have an offshore hard asset. But but it is generally pretty predictable cash flow. And again, if you're buying something in an emerging market like Belize, I'm a big fan of Belize uh, uh, because it's English. It's two hours from Miami, two hours from Houston. Uh, you know, gr great airlift, great notoriety, goodness, great notoriety in a good sense, great PR. Um, and it's an emerging tourism destination. So, you know what? You might have your up years and in, in down years like last year with, with the COVID. But overall, but Belize so is going to do very well. But I think, but let me ask you this, because I really want to, to drill down to the nitty gritty here. Let's say that, all right, get, let's take an example in Belize of properties you own. Okay. Yep. All right. Give us an example. And folks, I want to, I want to preface it with this, if I may, Mike, folks, I'm, I, we're not here to sell Mike's property. Okay. This is an investment show. No. We're not right. here to sell, but I'm telling you. They are good investments. It's just that simple. Well, On the one hand, I'm not going to sell them to you. The other hand, I'm going to let you buy them if you want to, because I think it's a damn smart buy. But give us an example of uh, of properties you've sold in the past, where they are now, where you think properties that are there, and use examples because it's good for people yeah. to know. Sure. So, so we we have uh, uh, two 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 well now a third community, but but it's just in construction. But we have we have you know we've had two communities on Ambergris Key for many years. One of them is uh, the Bayman Gardens, and for many years it was it was independently you know, operated by us as the Grand Bayman Gardens. Well, last year, a little over a year ago now, we 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 picked up a Best Western franchise, and so now. You know, if you had bought one of these condos, say two years ago, for for whatever I don't I don't know different, lots of different models, lots of different sizes, right? Um, but let's say ninety nine thousand dollars for for one of our standard one bedrooms uh, today with the Best Western branding, I, I think they're one forty nine. What's that like? Wow! Wow! Or, yeah, fifty fifty grand in two years. I don't know yeah. something like that. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. It's phenomenal. Right. And, and some of it, some of it absolutely has to do with the branding that came along and nobody could predict that. Although, you know, we try to be transparent. We're, hey, we're working on a Best Western branding for our Bayman Gardens. But, you know, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. It's the future. Well, it did happen. We got it a year ago. So now we're Best Western. Uh, the other thing we're doing, and, and by the way, the, the one bedrooms today are 149. The studio residences, I think, are 109. So like if somebody has $110,000, or even half that number, um, you know, they can fifty percent down kind of thing. Um, you know, you can own one, and it it does pretty well. I, I can't talk about rates of return, but but it does pretty well. And um, the uh, uh, the other property that we're developing right now is the Marriott Resort and Residences. Same thing. Uh, residences there start somewhere right around two ninety nine, so call it three hundred. Uh, oceanfront Marriott Residence. Uh, it will be operated and uh, uh, run by the Marriott Corporation and uh, a company called Highgate Hospitality. Uh, we have nothing to do with it. We're the ownership group, but but for a very small number of people, and this is important, Carter. Let me just say this: this is really important. For there are 202 rooms in this Marriott residence. We are keeping our corporation is keeping at right. least 130 of them. We're going to keep 130 of them because we believe that they will be highly profitable generating cash flow. We're selling 70 of them, right? Up to 70 of them. And that's it. 
So, you know, one of the one of the questions that I think really tells the story, if you're looking for a condo or a property investment overseas, that would be a rental property, is simply this one question that you can ask the developer. Mr. or Mrs. Developer, these condos are going to be great. You've shown me these performers. You've shown me the you know, rates of return, all the different projections, blah, blah, blah. Wow. I, you know, and, 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 and usually it's north of 10%, right? So, wow, it's 11, 12%. That's awesome. How many are you keeping? Right. Right? What a great right. question. Right? What a great question. Cash I, cash I, I want every bit of, you know, 10, 11, 12% I can get, right? And so- right. You know, we there, there is the reality of selling some of your condo product to pay for the construction of the building, right? There is that element, right? But it's not all of them. So the yeah. question that's really relevant that tells truly how much the developer believes their story is how many are they keeping? Um, and uh, in, in the Marriott property, we're keeping over at least 60%. In the Bayman uh, Gardens, the Best Western property, we, we keep 20% or more. Uh, sometimes as much as 30%. So again, we keep them because we want the cash flow that we're very sure they'll generate. But if somebody wants to own one alongside of us, they can and and it should do pretty well for them. Yeah. And I know yeah. you have to jump off almost right now, but let, yeah. so you pointed out when you when you when you look at a property offshore, look at look at uh, asset acquisition, okay. Yep. Is it going to increase in value? Look at cash flow. Look at cash flow. Yep. And Mike just described that to you. And if you go to with, with ecidevelopment.com, look it up. You'll see those. But also looking at one-offs too. Look in other areas. You don't, you know, yeah. Mike is someone you know now and you can trust. And that's a great thing. But also look in other areas and weigh some oh. of the things he tells you about every week. So, Mike, I know you have a hard deadline. You've got to jump off. I do. I do. But, but this oh, is a pleasure, Carter. Happy. Happy Friday, man. Enjoy a nice weekend. And uh, uh, I look forward to uh, dining at breakfast with you tomorrow morning. It's nice that we're going to both be in the same part of the world and we can have breakfast together. So I, I will All see right. you tomorrow morning at 830. 830. Perfect. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. For more information on the Offshore Club or to contact Mike Cobb, visit offshore.club today. Offshore.club. See you next time at the Offshore Club.